Listeners everywhere, August 8th. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers. The hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And the new LisaEvers.com. Now, I want to let you know this show is the first of a two-part special that we're doing on the Eric Garner case. In part one, in the next hour, we're asking the question, how could a misdemeanor arrest end in death. You're going to be hearing from Eric Garner's daughter about what kind of a man he really was. Even though she is in deep grief and shock, she wants everyone to know the truth about her dad and the impact that this incident and this tragedy has had on her family. Our condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to your family, Emerald. We appreciate you making yourself available to us at this time as everybody's going through everything. We really appreciate it. And you're also going to be hearing from a former prosecutor, now a criminal defense attorney, who represented the family of 16-year-old Kamani Gray, who was shot and killed by a police officer. We're going to be hearing from Nicole Paltrey-Bell, the fiancé of Sean Bell. We also have the co-founder of 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care, who's a former NYPD Sergeant Noel leader, and your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. Now, next Sunday, in part two of the special on the Eric Garner case, we'll be asking the question, what does justice look like? And are police officers ever really held accountable when they're the ones that break the law that they swore to uphold? Now, the feds may be getting involved in the Eric Garner case, but does anything really ever come of all their investigations? It seems to me like, and to many people, we always hear about these investigations, these inquiries, and then a couple years later, what really happened? Has there really been change? And many people are asking that, especially after what happened over the weekend with uh, with uh, Jamil Coffey being, it looks like he was stomped in the head by a police officer, according to the video. So there's many, many concerns right now. Right now, many questions, so much outrage in the streets, from the streets to City Hall, even to Washington, D.C., in the now famous deadly disturbing video taken by a brave eyewitness, we saw an NYPD officer putting an illegal chokehold, or as Police Commissioner William Bratton said, apparently putting an illegal chokehold on 43-year-old Eric Garner. The married father of six was unarmed. He did not have a weapon. He was accused of selling Lucy's untaxed cigarettes, a misdemeanor. Police had arrested him more than two dozen times before for the same offense, but people in the neighborhood who knew him say he did not hurt anyone and that, in fact, because of his size, six foot three inches, about 350 pounds, he would often break up fights. He was the one that women walking around there are like, okay, if somebody gets a little bit you know, fresh with me or somebody gets, you know, aggressive, he's there. He can kind of like chill out the situation, kind of, a, you know, a sign of safety for people. We hear him on the video saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And police officers apparently do nothing. He's taken down. He's handcuffed. And then he lies motionless on the ground. One police officer taps him, kind of shakes him a little bit on the shoulder and says, breathe in, breathe out. But nothing happens. There's no sound. From what you can see on the video, it doesn't look like he responds in any way at all. Minutes pass. Eric Garner does not appear to be moving. He's unresponsive. Then in another video I posted on Twitter, we see paramedics arrive. They do not check his vital signs. 
And I have to tell you, I've been at a lot of crime scenes. I've been at a lot of scenes of emergencies. Just from that video, looking at it, the first thing that struck me is there's very little sense of urgency. It's almost like, wow, just stopping by, checking things out. There's no apparent sense of urgency. And I'm saying apparent because we want to give everybody a chance to talk. And if there's more to the story than we know, um, we want to hear it, but I, I, that's what it looks like. And even the police commissioner has said, this is, you know, what it looks like. Um, they do not check his vital signs. They do not check his heartbeat. They do not check his breathing. They do not give him any oxygen. Instead, they're there looking at him and then put him on a stretcher. And then we're told that he, he passed away on his way to the hospital. Did this have to happen? Could his life have been saved. Eric Garner was laid to rest this week with hundreds of family and friends and supporters around him, but it's going to take a lot longer for the questions that are raised by his death and also the aftermath. What happened after that chokehold? You know, it's going to be a long time before we get answers to those questions. Right now, we're going to talk about Eric uh, Garner with his daughter and find out what the family is going through. And I'm also going to introduce the rest of our panel with us. We have another family member. Um, so joining us in studio for the first time is Emerald Snipes. She's the daughter of Eric Garner. Emerald, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. And thank you so much for, for taking the time, you know, at this at this time for your family, this tough time to come in and talk with us. We really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Also with us is Eric Garner's nephew, Gabriel Baez. Um, he's also been a volunteer for many years with a lot of our community outreach programs, with Street Soldiers, with a Push for Peace, with many of the shows that we've done, the holiday parties for the kids, the different relief efforts, and uh, like Sandy and a lot of the toy giveaways that we've done. So, Gabriel, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. No problem, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also joining us, Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant. He's co-founder of 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care. And Kenneth Montgomery is a criminal defense attorney, a former prosecutor, Brooklyn prosecutor, Kings County, and represented the family of Kamani Gray, who was shot and killed by a police officer. Uh, Kenneth and Noel, thank you, you also for joining us. We appreciate it. Emerald, tell us about your dad. Um, my father was a sweetheart. He, um, her mama, they were married when they were young. He was 17. She was 19. Um, they had five kids together, Chardonnay, Erica, myself, Eric and Emery, those are his two sons. Um, we grew up in Brooklyn. He's from Guana, so um, grew up in Brooklyn. He was raised between Coney Island and Gowanus. That's where my great grandmother lived in Coney Island. Um, I always had my dad in my life. I never, I've never remember a time where I was never able to say, "Okay, hey, dad," or you know, call me, or I'll call you, or Christmas, birthdays, holidays. Every Easter, we used to go to the circus. We used to go out to eat. We used to go everywhere. Like, my dad made sure we had everything we needed, and he always made sure that we went somewhere. We always had, um, my grandmother used to work at Pfizer, so every year we used to go to Six Flags. And my dad used to make sure tickets were paid for. Everybody had a backpack ready to go to hit the road and everything. So he was just really a family guy. He always made sure everybody was taken care of. And how did you hear about what happened? Um, I was home. Um, my mom called me. She said, you know, I'm in the house. I said, okay, I'm going to take a nap and call me back. She said, oh, well, your sister's on the other line, so I'll call you back. I said, all right, I'm going to take a nap. And about 10 minutes, about 10 to 15 minutes later, she called me back. And I see her number come up on the screen. I'm like, why is she calling me back? So I picked up the phone, and she's crying. And she's like, yeah, they just put your father in 
the ambulance and he's not breathing. So I'm like, not breathing or can't breathe? There's a dif- there's a difference. So um, she said, I don't know. I'm on my way to the hospital. I said, call me when you get there. I, I was in Manhattan. So I said, call me when you get to the hospital. And she said, okay. So I'm calling the hospital, calling around. The hospital told me that they couldn't give me information because the doctors were working on him. So... I said, okay, well, do you see my mom? They're like, yeah, she's here. I was like, she's tall, long ponytail, and she has a mole on her nose. They're like, no, no, I see your mom now. I said, go to her and tell her that I'm on my way because she's not answering the phone. So I sent a text message to my mother. I'm like, I'm on my way. So um, I immediately just got dressed and went on the train. And um, I'm calling the hospital. They're like, oh, they're working on him. They're working on him. So when I got to Staten Island to get on the bus to go to the hospital, I called the hospital because my mother still wasn't answering the phone. So I called the hospital. And the last time that I called, they said, you need to call next of kin. I said, call next of kin. I'm his daughter. You like, tell me something. Tell me what's going on. They say, you need to call next of kin. I can't give you information. They're like, call your mom, call whoever. Like, basically, that's all they said. So I called my mother and she's crying and she's like, he's gone. I'm like, what do you mean he's gone? Like, I just... What do you mean? Because I said to my best friend before I left, before I left Manhattan, I said, I don't want to get to Staten Island. They tell me that I don't have a father. That's the last thing I said to her. And I'm like, that's the last thing I want to hear right now. So when she said he's gone and she's like, I'm in front of the building, come to the house. And it was just like my whole world just like it went black. Like, I don't even remember getting on the bus to go to my mother's house. I just remember getting there and she was in front of the building and she tried to explain what was going on but she didn't have no information because they didn't give her any information so she didn't know what to tell me so it was like everybody was just confused and bits and pieces were coming back so it's like we really didn't know what was going on until hours to follow and then when did you first hear about the chokehold and what had happened um when they told us there was a video because i was told that um, this was just from a random person, just, oh, he broke up a fight, and um, the cops went to him instead of going to the people that were fighting. They went straight to him. Um, the cop was choking him, and he fell on the floor. That was what I got before I seen any video or whatever. Like, I didn't know a video existed until I got to Staten Island. So you get to your house. Your mother's out in front. She's out in front of the building, very upset. And then what what's happened what happens now? I'm just trying to comfort her. Like I'm still trying to believe it because the weekend before this happened on Thursday, they just came back Sunday from taking my daughter to Baltimore for a family reunion. And I, I I couldn't make it to the family reunion, but I sent my daughter. They took my daughter. It was like just drop off her clothes in her car seat and we're leaving. And that's what they did. So I was just like, we were just with him. On Sunday, when I went to go pick up my daughter, he was telling me what was what happened in the in the um in the family reunion. We were just talking about my daughter was all over the place and stuff like that. So it was like I'm just I'm still in a state of shock. I'm still in a state of shock. Like can't believe this is happening. And your mother, how is she doing? My mother's a mess. My mother really loved my father, and my father really loved. They really loved each other. Like I was just like. First of all, I always thought my father was going to be there forever. Like, I I never, like, stuff like this, I never even think about. Because I'm like, okay, they're going to be there. They're going to argue. They're going to fight. But they're going to get back together tomorrow. Because that's just how it was. They'd be like, oh, I don't don't want you no more. But then it's like, didn't you just say yesterday you didn't want him? But y'all back together, it was just like, 
they they had a really strong bond that nobody understood and obviously a long a long marriage and a very yes. close family life yes and what about aside from your grief and the, your sense of loss what have been some of the most upsetting things for you this week the most upsetting have added thing to for me is the fact that the day that it happened nothing like i just feel like they should be in a holding cell that every cop that was there should be held accountable because if I have a job where I have to, you know, be somebody's backup. Like if if things get hostile, I have to jump in. I feel like right is right and wrong is wrong. So if I know that I see somebody doing wrong, I'm going to step in and tell them, listen, you know, this is not how it's supposed to go. If you if you're mad at me, be mad at me at the end of the day. But right now, this situation is not supposed to be happening right now. Now, your father had health issues. Right. Tell us about that. He had asthma and diabetes. And then how did he come to be out on the street there? Um, my father did what he had to do to take care of his family. And that's that's just basically the gist of it. If I said, Dad, I need new clothes, he'd be like, okay, well, meet me here, make sure you're there. And he takes me shopping. Like, he just... Whatever I wanted, I could get. I'm the baby girl, so oh, so you were I'm really spoiled. <laughs> I'm spoiled. So you were daddy's girl. Yeah, I'm a daddy's girl. Like I, I like I'm. I just love my dad. It's just like I don't. I never imagined my life being without my father. I always thought he was going to be there. Like when I when I needed him, I could just hey, right there. And what's it like for you now without without him being there, and then also you know your child not having the grandfather. Right. That's just. That's my most. That's the most depressing part about it because my daughter's two. She she knows who her pop pop is. She sees a picture. She was like, "Mommy, that's pop pop." And one night, I, like the night after it happened, I think it was Friday, Friday night, we were in the bed. I, I, I let her sleep in my bed that night, and she just laid down and she was like, "Papa's here." So I got up. I'm like, "What?" She said. She said, "Papa's here." So I just immediately like started crying. Like I'm just like. Because I believe kids see angels. And I felt like she was like, Papa. She said it out of nowhere. Like, Papa's here. Because that's what she calls it, Papa. Like, if my mother says, oh, go tell Grandpa this, she'll go, no, Grandpa. Like, she'll just, you know, my daughter, she knows who he is. So it's like, she's not old enough for me to explain to her what's going on. I just feel like my niece is a little older. So she knows exactly what's going on. She knows. She knows. And it's like, it hurts because she knows who her grandfather is. She, she looking, she, I know at her birthday party, she's going to look around like, grandpa's not bringing my cake. Why? Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the most heart, heartfelt thing is like, you don't know what to say to a four-year-old that their grandfather is not coming to their birthday party anymore or buying a cake or getting a Doc McStuffin doll or something. The pop-pop isn't there. Yeah, that pop-pop isn't there. All right. Emma, we, we appreciate you being with us. And, and I want you to stay, you know, just we'll take a little break. 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about the Eric Garner case. How did a misdemeanor arrest end up with his death? 1-800-223-9797. Twitter at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. I want to bring in Kenneth Montgomery, a criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, represented the family of Kamani Gray, and Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant, co-founder 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care, and Gabriel Baez, Eric Garner's nephew. Gabriel, when you feel that you want to jump in, uh, jump in. Noel, the chokehold. People were shocked when they saw that. And they should That in be. 2014, there was a chokehold. 
and it should be. Uh, you know, New York City Police Department uh, patrol guide, use of force 20311. It says chokeholds, New York, uh, members of New York City Police Department will not. It doesn't say should not. It doesn't say may not. It says sh- will not use a chokehold. And it defines a chokehold as any pressure to the throat or windpipe, uh, which has the potential to obstruct or hinder the intake of air. It was clear that these officers, uh, this officer used a legal tactic, uh, you know, which we believe caused the, uh, you know, the death of, of, of Mr. Garner. And uh, as a lot of people know, this was pushed when uh, Officer Lavodi in 1994 used a legal chokehold to murder uh, Anthony Baez in the Bronx. And for people that don't know that case, 1994, um, Anthony Baez was playing touch football with right. one of his, his brothers or cousins in front of the house his family owned exactly. in the South Bronx. And the football hit the hood of the police car that Officer Lavodi, former Officer Lavodi, was in. He came out, and then and then they found that that he put Anthony in a chokehold. Anthony had asthma also, and uh, he passed away. His family did a, really did a major fight for justice in that. And case. ever since that period of time, it's been stressed in the New York City Police Department that chokeholds will not. Like I said, it doesn't say may not or should not. It says chokeholds will not be utilized. Do you think police still use them? Oh, yes, it's clear that they do. Uh, fortunately, we have a video of this incident. Uh, also, uh, we believe there'll be a whole lot of denials. Um, but it's clear that officers, there was another officer involved in an, in an incident in transit where he utilized a, a legal chokehold. So it's clear that officers are still utilize this illegal chokehold, and they should be held accountable. 1-800-223-9797, Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about the Eric Garner case. How did a misdemeanor arrest end in his death? And also, you know, maybe you saw the video with uh, with Jamil Coffey that happened where it looks like a police officer is stomping in, in his head when he's on the uh, on the floor, on the ground. Kenneth Montgomery, you've been on this on both sides as a prosecutor with a Brooklyn uh, in Brooklyn with the Kings County DA's office, also representing the family of Kamani Gray. What's your reaction? When what was your reaction when you saw that video? Well, um, as a human being, I was just appalled. Um, and it's so funny how small the world is. Um, I had several friends who grew up with Mr. Garner, who knew him. They knew him from Brooklyn, um, Herkimer, Troy Ave area. And I actually met him a few times, and it was sort of surreal watching the video and hearing his voice. He's a very articulate human being. Um, And you can tell his reasonableness and his gentleness from watching that videotape for those who weren't just shaken by what happened. But from watching it um, as a as a man of color, um, it it. The unfortunate thing is there's a long line that includes Anthony Baez, Michael Stewart, Eleanor Bumpers. I believe, I don't know how accurate it is, but they said since the Diallo shooting and killing, there's been 249 deaths by New York City Police Department. And it's not just local. I think this is, unfortunately, we have a history and legacy in this country where law enforcement is one of the areas where you see the the horrible history and how many black and Hispanic communities are attacked in a paramilitary stance. These officers are appalled that someone would even question why they would be arrested. You can go on these cop message boards on social media and the Internet and you can see the culture 
that exists in New York City Police Department. Was there something about that video and also the aftermath video where he's where Mr. Garner's just lying there on the ground that you find especially disturbing? Yeah, it was very disturbing to me how this man was trying to access just what it was whether you want to say probable cause or what was the reason why they were stopping him. And none of these officers can articulate it. And it's almost like they had no reason to articulate or they couldn't. And then they just attacked him. And when they attacked him, what was what was incredibly appalling to me was the lack of care after they realized that he was not well. And not just by it's the pretty police clear department. when you say I can't breathe. Yes, I can't not, breathe. not just the police department. That EMT officer, sir, um, we're here. Come on. What kind of care is that? You're supposed and, to be a first responder, and, and yes, which means you're supposed to be the lifeline. There was a symbiotic relationship, I feel, between the police Absolutely. department and the EMT. And, you know, these officers. This Some people officer, are saying it's institutional racism. Listen, it is institutionalism. Institutionalized. Racism. And I mean, listen, you see the legacy of slavery through law enforcement, through education, through the finance system that we have, through housing, a a bunch of areas. But when that officer has the audacity to wave as this man is laying on the floor fighting for his life, almost sarcastically, um, I think people are missing the point about the callousness in which these officers have when they come into the community and they see a certain color and they are appalled that you can even question why. Because no one has been able to articulate that. But this is supposed to be, we're supposed to be in an era now with Police Commissioner William Bratton of community policing he where there's the officer, better. He was the head when Baez, yeah, I uh, believe. Uh, Commissioner Bratton killed. has a reputation. That's why we were so. Uh, 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 angry with uh, Mayor de Blasio to uh, surface Police uh, Commissioner Bratton because he's the author of the abusive stance. He created CompStat. And that's when the the abuse of stop question and frisk really initiated and blossomed. But, you know, the New York City Police Department guidelines of the use of force said it is a priority. Preservation of life is a priority for the New York City Police Department. And it's clear that that didn't happen. You have an individual being choked by illegal chokehold and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And no one, no one there listened to what he was saying. And um, according to well, this- what is the policy for police? If you see if you have a, sus- a quote unquote suspect on the ground or on the floor, handcuffed, and it looks like they need medical attention. What do you do? You go, as we saw in the video, the other thing um, that that shocked a lot of people going through his pockets before he's even checking to see whether or not he's breathing. It, yeah, right. it's because the pre- preservation of life, and that's how this use of force procedure starts, is a priority. Uh, when someone's saying they, they can't breathe. Uh, you got to take that seriously, right. even if you think they're just doing it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can hear in his voice, he's not saying it with a full breath. Right. He's just forcing it. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like gasping for air. Exactly. And he was taking it out pretty violently, right. um, I, I, I'd add. Um, and, and what's so appalling is that, you know, we, we live in this society where, unfortunately, there's a large population of people who just feels he should have just listened. And not recognizing that this is a man who has a daughter, has a nephew, has a niece, has a wife. And he's like, sir, why are you arresting me? And none of them could articulate that. And to watch that officer go in his pockets as that man's life is is being taken from him is very eerie. And I want to see the if I'm his attorney, uh, I'm talking the family's attorney. I want to see the paperwork on the vouchering officer. What was the probable cause? Why was he stopped? Um, 
it's so many things wrong with this this case, Lisa. All right, 1-800-223-9797, Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. We are talking about the Eric Garner case. This is part one of a special two-part series we're doing on this case. How did a misdemeanor arrest end in his death? And we're joined right now on our hotline by Nicole Paltrey-Bell. She is the fiance of Sean Bell, who was shot and killed by police the night before they were supposed to get married back in 2006. And uh, she has since started a foundation called When It's Real, It's Forever.org to help our children and help our youth. She's trying to turn this tragedy into uh, doing something positive for other young people and has been throughout the ordeal when she lost Sean. Um, just so dignified and just composed, you know, carried herself and just really conveyed a message a very positive message in, under very, very difficult circumstances. So, Nicole, so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I know you were at the National Action Network with the Garner family and with Reverend Al Sharpton. And what was your reaction when you heard about this case and saw the videos? Lisa, it's absolutely heartbreaking to be here eight years um, since Sean was taken from my family and to see these families almost going through the same same thing that we've been through after all the fight the rallies the marches the protests uh we still haven't really got very far you've seen progress um you know they've taken action by putting the cops aside and setting the emt workers aside um as an initial reaction and that's the only difference i've seen so far but it's absolutely heartbreaking and my prayers go out to this family as it's going to be a long haul and they're going to need the community and all of the support from everyone to really strengthen them and to let them know that they're not alone and Eric Garner's death isn't in vain. Because the uh, police officers in, in, in Sean's case, the, there were trials. There, I th- believe the feds got involved, the federal yeah. investigators got involved in that. Your family filed a lawsuit against the city. Do you feel they're more, they're more, the city's more willing to just pay out on these cases rather than actually change the way the police interact with the community? This family needs justice. Someone needs to be held accountable. This is not a a matter that should be taken straight to uh, civil or even discussing any civil at this moment. They need justice. A life was taken here. And the only way that we're going to get change is by holding these people accountable. We cannot live in a world where any man is allowed to have his rights and his life taken from him while everyone stands around and watches and nobody does anything. That's absolutely unacceptable. And that's why I started my organization, and I work with people like Reverend Al Sharpton, because we need change. And change is going to come as long as we continue to stand up and fight back. All right, Nicole, I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. We really appreciate it. For people who want more information, um, Nicole's organization is When It's Real, It's Forever.org. And Nicole, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it, and keep up the great work. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for everything that you do with Street Soldiers. We appreciate it here. All right. Thank you so, so much. All right. We're going to take a short break. We have many phone calls. Um, Angela, Andrew, Tisha, Ted, Maria, everybody, we're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment at 1-800-223-9797, part one of our Street Soldiers special on the Eric Garner case. And uh, don't forget Hot 97's Wiz Khalifa Meet and Greet Weekend. Listen this weekend to win your concert tickets to see Wiz live in concert. Plus, you'll get to meet him backstage. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about our Push for Peace happening in Brooklyn on Saturday, August 16th. So don't go anywhere. Bye. 
New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Hot 97 on the reggae tip live. The concert is so big that this year we moving it outdoors. Performing live, uh, the M Prime Cell. What this girl thinking? Shama, Shaggy. On sale now with Ticketmaster. Made hot by Nutriment. Feel your now and Metro Plus Health Plan. And now a short road trip from Nisi Nash, courtesy of your local Ford dealers. Show off your sleek Ford Fusion by the shore. Get sand in your bathing suit. Get back in your aerodynamic fusion. Stop at a scenic overlook. Ooh, avoid hitting wild turkeys thanks to available rear view camera. Back to the city for a nice dinner. Thank you, available active park assist, which practically parks itself. Proof that time flies when you're driving a Ford Fusion. Now at your local Ford dealer, lease a Ford Fusion SE with no charge sync and sound package for just $179 a month for 24 months. Not all buyers qualify for Ford Credit Red Carpet Lease. Payments vary. Dealer determines price. Residency restrictions apply. 2073 cash due at signing is after 1000 cash back and $1,000 competitive lease conquest cash or RCL renewal cash. Available to current lessees of competitive or Ford lessees with proof of ownership. Trade and not required. Take new retail delivery from dealer stock by 731-14. See dealer for complete details or call 1-888-556-FORD. Hot or iced, just the same price. Why do you keep singing that? Because McDonald's has any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for just a buck. Say I want a medium hot McCafe coffee on my way to work, just a dollar. Cool. Or if I want a small caramel iced coffee, just a buck or even a I get it, I get it. It's any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for a dollar. Any size hot or iced coffee or sweet tea for just a dollar. There's something for everyone to love at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. A la carte only. Hot or iced. Man, she got that stuck in my head. Man, I'm going to McDonald's. How do you take your coffee? Uh, bacon, griddle cakes. Huh? Egg, cheese, one sugar. Oh, you want a bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles with your coffee? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do without me? I'd be sleeping. What? I mean, you can eat me. There's something for everyone to love at McDonald's. Grab your favorite breakfast sandwich, or for a limited time, get two sausage McGriddles sandwiches for only $3. Prices and participation may vary. See store for details. Choosing the right internet provider is a big decision, so we asked people how they choose. How would you like paying for internet rated last in customer satisfaction? I would not like doing that. How about next to last? Still not good enough. Then what would you want? I would love number one. Then you want 100% fiber optic Verizon Fios. Rated first in customer satisfaction. Time Warner Cable and Comcast? They're the two worst. Switch from worst to first and get America's fastest, most reliable internet. Sign up for the Fios Triple Play and get $250 back with a two-year agreement. Plus, get an extra bonus from Verizon Wireless, a free LG G-Pad, or up to $200 off any tablet. Call 1-888-GET-FIOS today to get this amazing deal. Making the switch from worst to first. That's powerful. Fios available in select areas. Limited time offer for new customers subscribing to a Fios TV preferred HD 2525 MBPS internet and home phone bundle. Verizon Visa prepaid card issued by MetaBank member FDIC. Customer satisfaction ratings based on 2014 American Customer Satisfaction Index for ISPs. New two-year tablet activation, early termination, and other fees may apply. Coverage details at Verizon Wireless.com.
Get 4th of July savings all month long at Sansone Hyundai. Super service and fantastic savings like up to $5,000 off dealer posted price on every Hyundai in stock during Sansone's 4th of July month long sales event. Plus, every Hyundai comes with America's best warranty 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, and Hyundai Assurance. And if you have a job, Sansone can keep you celebrating with guaranteed finance. Celebrate the 4th with super savings at Sansone Hyundai and SansoneHyundai.com. Wow. Geico's been saving people money for over 75 years? 75 years? Fancy that. My dearest wife, do you possess knowledge about Geico, making it feasible for society to spend less capital on automobile insurance for over three quarters of a century? Why are you talking like that? Well, you said fancy that, so I was just fancying it. Geico, saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. You want thrills? Six Flags has thrills. Go steeper on El Toro. You like heights? Go higher on King Dakar. You need speed? Go faster on Superman Ultimate Flight. Want something new? Check out the new Zumanjaro Drop of Doom. A world record 415-foot vertical drop. Save up to 25 bucks with a coupon from McDonald's. Or buy a day, get the summer free with a thrill pass. We're the world's largest theme park, so go big. Go Six Flags Great Adventure. This summer at Bronx Cars, take an additional $1,000 off the sticker price on our inventory of pre-owned cars or have no payments till 2015. That's right. Make a deal with us and have no car notes until the new year. You know the motto. At Bronx Cars, you breathe, you drive. Zero down is always available. No worries, no regrets with the limited lifetime powertrain warranty on any purchase. Check out our inventory at BronxCars.com. That's BronxCars.com. Everyone's looking for an encouraging sign in today's economy. The fact is, you'll find one right here. Contact your local State Farm agent today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. All right. Thanks to Trey for that. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the Eric Garner case. How could a misdemeanor arrest and in death. This is part one of a two-part special we're doing on Street Soldiers. We have Eric's daughter, one of his daughters, Emerald Snipes, with us. One of his nephews, Gabriel Baez. We have a criminal defense attorney, Kenneth Montgomery, a former prosecutor. He represented the family of Kamani Gray and Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant, co-founder of 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care. Your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Next Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about justice. What does justice look like? look like in this case the justice department may be getting involved do these investigations ever really amount in any kind of change can you change people's attitudes if they're looking at uh, americans of a different color or a different complexion as less worthy of first aid as less worthy of protection as less worthy of dignity and respect what can be done about that that's what we're going to be talking about next sunday in the whole fight for justice that is going on in this case and also we'll see if we can get some autopsy information as well about uh, the effect of that ch- of, of that chokehold so that's next sunday i also want to let you know please mark your calendar 
August 16th, Hot 97 Street Soldiers, thanks to Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Street Soldiers is doing a live town hall show, getting beyond the gun violence, stopping the violence, stopping the shooting. That's going to be taking place on Saturday, August 16th at Brooklyn Borough Hall from 1 to 4 p.m. You need to be there. This is going to be an incredible day. See what it's like to actually do a radio show. We're going to be there. You can be in the audience. We're especially reaching out to teen groups. We've got all kinds of celebrities that are confirmed. Erica Mena from uh, VH1's Love and Hip Hop. Sebastian Telfair uh, from Coney Island from Surfside Mermaid Houses. He just signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's bringing a bunch of his NBA buddies. They're going to be there. We've got Caesar and Duchess from VH1's Black Ink. Many more celebrities and some other big names I can't even tell you about until we get them confirmed, but we'll be letting you know next week, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, for more of those announcements. And also, I just uh, spoke with Noel Leader. He's letting us know that 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care, as they have for every other community event that we've done from... Uh, Hurricane Sandy relief to the parties to all of that will be helping us with the security and helping make sure it's a wonderful calm what great great day for everybody but we're going to have all sorts of things we're going to have lots of free giveaways we got monster headphones Amber Ravenel just came back from LA with the top of the line monster headphones we're going to be giving those out we're going to have t-shirts we're going to have CDs free water free refreshments we're going to have DJ Martian on the ones and twos and the community groups I have to tell you have been so active in this it's unbelievable. Um, all you have to do is send, hit up my producer, Tone Capone. That's Tone, the number four real at gmail.com. That's Tone, the number four real at gmail.com. If you are a community group that works with youth, so we're especially looking for organizations that work with the youth. We have many already lined up so far. We've got Lay the Guns Down campaign with Michael uh, Tucker. We've got the Delta Rho Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. We've got Shanduk McFadder with GMAC, the Akil Christopher Community Center. Davina Perez put down the guns. She's bringing dozens of youth to our event. Say peace to gun violence. Kareem Nelson, shout to Kareem he had his own um, unfortunate incident with police and he's in a wheelchair wheelchairs against guns are going to be there Ryan Mack Operation Hope Social Media for Kids Garnett Phillip Guns Down Life Up James Marby Life Beat Music Industry Fights HIV and AIDS Mona Faison Peace for Peace um, Shia Ponte the PNC crew we got a lot of sponsors like Metro Plus Home Depot uh, Stop the Bullying Project. We've got many, many people. And there's still room for a couple more tables because Brooklyn Borough Hall is very big. So if you're interested, if you're with a community group, and we've been getting a lot of requests for people that want to participate on the show panel, as well as being part of the overall event. We're going to have a red carpet with the celebrities. You can get your pictures taken with the celebrities. But for the community groups, you need to hit up Tone. Tone, the number four real at gmail.com. That's Tone, the number four real at gmail.com. We're getting help from Tony Herbert, the National Action Network in Brooklyn. Of course, sponsorship for Shoot Hoops, Not Guns from uh, Gus and Christina Vargas with Uppercuts Barbershop. They helped us kick that off at Summer Jam. And just so many people are involved in this. And a lot of people are asking us to do this, do that. But Tony and I keep saying, our whole team here, Team Lisa, keeps saying, this is really about the youth. So if you're thinking about coming to this, you need to bring a teen with you. You need to bring our our young people, our youngest teens with you to come and, and let them see that we're dealing with them, we're helping them, we're there for them, and we want to help them get through all this. So if you want more info, LisaEvers.com. 
And also hit up uh, Tone for Real. That's Tone, the number for real, at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. Twitter, at Lisa Evers. I'm going to be posting the flyer for the event, too, that was uh, just finished hot off the hot off the laptop of at Michael Medium. That's going to be co- going out on Instagram. So thanks to him for that. But uh, let's get back to the our topic here, and uh, let's take some phone calls. Emerald, you up for some phone calls here? Sure. Okay. Um, Let's go to Angela right now from Connecticut. Angela, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, this is um, Angela from Connecticut. Um, I, I, it's really sad what happened to uh, the Gardner family, uh, God rest their soul. Um, it, there's a lot of incidences like that happened with my fiancé. It could have been tragic, just like this situation. Uh, my fiancé um, in 2005 was actually you know, arrested by eight officers, handcuffed, Okay, and he was kicked in the face. The sergeant knew about it in numerous times. Then eventually when they actually lifted him up, they put a bag over his head, put an ambulance was there and nothing happened. Oh my goodness. They put him so in the wagon and then they uh sexual uh officers tried to sexually assault him while he was in there. Oh my god. And everyone knew about this and come to find out the DA happened to go to the scene and try to, you know, Was this Angela, let me just cut you off for a second. Was this was this in Conne- on, Was this in um, excuse me, was this in Connecticut? No, this was actually in, in uh, Queens, New York. The police, uh, the Port Authority police in Queens uh-uh. did this around the time the Ramada Inn was um. Oh, I know which incident there. you're talking about. Listen, I want to thank you very much for the call. I want to get to call specifically on the uh, on the Garner case and what happened here. Let's go to Tisha from Long Island. She's a nurse, and maybe she can give us a little bit of insight into uh, the medical care that was not given at that scene. Tisha? Yes. Um, I just want to say that you know, of course, law enforcement was the catalyst to this tragic event. But then the other layer is also the medical professionals. Um, not one time did I see um, someone feel his neck, the carotid pulse for a pulse. Right. Um, I did not see anyone offer this gentleman any oxygen. Nope. If the call came in that this gentleman was not breathing or had difficulty breathing, the first thing they should have done was, and this takes less than 10 seconds. American Heart Association states these principles for basic life support. Less than 10 seconds of football pulse to see if they're breathing, and then you must act in 10 seconds. In 10 I seconds. Said, and what are you supposed to, uh, Tisha, what are you supposed to do? If, if there's no pulse, you immediately start chest compressions within 10 seconds. Okay, and, and after circulation, you move on to airway. If, if someone is not breathing, then you, you have an ambu bag. You, you, you know, they have this equipment in their ambulance. Know what? I saw the gentleman on the stretcher. I did not see anyone attempting to give him rescue breaths. I didn't see any oxygen connected. Now, I only saw the video that was going around. So I don't know if that was afterwards, but that's the basics of this. So the first and thing I is can, they take the pulse from, the first thing is you, as a first responder, you take the pulse in the neck and the, and the wrist, right? It's, it's really the carotid pulse for 10 seconds, and his neck was clearly exposed. They could have done that. But they were asking him questions instead, we're here to help you. Or, no, if he didn't respond, they should have checked the pulse 10 seconds, less than 10 seconds, and started chest compressions if he did not have one. If he was not breathing, they should have started the rescue breath. I didn't see that happen. You sound like you're really shocked by this. Uh, I, you know, I am. I mean, we have training. You have mandatory training on this. When you have these professionals that are charged with the lives of people in the community, they have to take this serious. I don't care what the case is. A life is a life. 
and they should have acted accordingly. This is their job. This is what they took on to do. Right. And, and I just feel like they failed the community, and they failed Mr. Garner and his family. All right, Tisha, thank you so much for calling in. You're a registered nurse from Long Island. We, we appreciate you giving us uh, what what that protocol is. Emerald, seeing your father like that, that it's devastating. But when you hear that there were things that could have been done. People are so outraged. Like, I'm just... They, they should have they did what they had to do because I'm pretty sure there's a million people a million calls a day that people are not breathing and they tell you on the phone what to do for the person that's not breathing. Well, she said in 10 seconds. Exactly. If there's no, no pulse. And they tell you before you even get there. They tell you, you start what to, to do. save their Listen, life because if there's no we're pulse. We're on our way. Sit him up or right. Right. give exactly. him some water. Give him, make sure he has air ventilation. If you're in a house, they tell you to sit by the window or make sure there's constant air coming to you. So it's like, you know what to do. You just chose not to do it. And that's, this is why we're so critical of the mayor's soft response and the police commissioner's soft response. These officers not only should be modified or shouldn't have been modified, they should be suspended without pay because of their callous. Not only did they They're cause, on desk duty now, the two, two of the officers. Yeah. They should they be suspended. The whole group of officers, including the supervisor, should be uh, suspended without pay immediately because of their callous. Not only did they cause the crisis, but their response to afterward, an emergency uh, medical, uh, medical, uh, emergency medical situation, that callousness is, was unconscionable. But why, not, excuse me, why not just locked up? I mean, it's a legal chokehold. Well, they have it's a certain process. Uh, Ken's right. Montgomery, what's the process? Okay, we see the uh, two of the officers are on desk duty, but they're still getting paid. The four four uh, EMTs or paramedics, they're suspended. It's in spin mode. This is what happens. No in, this is spin mode You think they're taking the pulse of the community? Listen, I think we have politicians who want to get it reelected, and this is a nightmare to them. And they're gonna, they may throw these guys under the bus, but my concern is that this keeps happening. Mm-hmm. So I think this is what I want to point out to people. A couple of years back, I don't know how long it was, but it was a a high-browed intellectual by the name of Henry Louis Skip Gates was stopped and profiled. The Harvard, Harvard famous Harvard scholar and professor. One of his friends is the president of this country. The United States. The United States. The president of this, this country came out and said how unreasonable it was and alluded to that the officer made a mistake. And I don't think people remember, but the fraternal organization of police, they bucked. And the president of the United States was then sitting in the Oval Office lawn having a beer with the officer who he felt profiled his friend, Henry Louis Skip Gates. And it was a press op and pictures were taken. And I say this to say the power of the police department and its symbiotic relationship with politicians and the law enforcement and this system is almost unbreakable. Do you feel there's been any progress? So I mean, we see no, more none. more higher ranking black Absolutely police not. officers, more diversity no. in the police department. You you were a prosecutor. A prosecutor. You're African American. I was a prosecutor, and it's a story I always tell people. When I was in grand jury in 360 Adams Street, and the Diallo verdict came out, I heard I heard a loud roar and cheer. And when I got out into the waiting area in grand jury, I saw that it was my colleagues, district attorneys and police officers who were waiting to testify in a grand jury cheering Diallo's verdict. And I didn't when I walked across that street to go back to my office because I didn't want to see them um, see me emotional. I shut a tear. And the reason why I shut a tear was another corroboration that my life, his life, Mr. Garner's life is not of value. 
in yeah. the system. It's I mean, ingrained, especially black men, especially black, black men. and Hispanic men as well. Yep. And and that because here's the thing: you never see the inverse. Right. What's the inverse? Let's go through the city. How many times have you seen a group of young white men pulled over at their car and stopped? How many times have you seen them in some sort of debate or argument with the police? How many times have you seen them shot? Besides the young Hasidic man who had mental issues in Brooklyn, you never hear of it. Because this system would not allow it. And why does that happen? Is it is it an institutionalized racism? Is it an attitude? Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, the the response from the community. See, the response for the police mission to mayor, I believe, is political theater. We've heard we heard uh, the mayor De Blasio and Kelly respond similarly with Stansberry. They they offer condolences, but there was a there wasn't a uh, indictment, a conviction. And no uh, imprisonment of the officers, so justice wasn't served. And the culture. Uh, one of the reasons. Change. Hold on, real quick. One of the reasons why it keep on happening, uh, Lisa, because the politicians, uh, the selected officials in our community, not elected, and the uh, black uh, leading blacks, not black leaders, have a relationship <laughs> with the police commissioner. And, and, and you say mayor. that trumps that trumps absolutely. that yes, relationship trumps any theater. kind of listen. People feeling know of, black people. All we're going to do is go out and march and protest right. a couple and, more and two times. Two years from now, when this actually goes over to trial, and these officers are indicted. They feel that's why I don't feel the police commission and the mayor don't feel a sense of urgency because they have the leading blacks and selected officials under wraps, and they uh, they go they understand this phase that they're going through right now. They're going yeah, to wait. They've been through this before. Exactly. All right. Let's go. Um, let's 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 bring in uh, Reverend Doctor. Hopefully. Things have changed in this case. I hope so. All right, so. Reverend Dr. Johnny Green is with us. Um, Reverend Dr. Johnny Green, thank you for joining us. We just have a minute or two here. He's a senior pastor um, with Bap- the Mount. Am I saying this right? Mount Nebo. Mount Nebo Baptist Church. Mount Nebo Harlem. Baptist Church in in Harlem. And just um, just briefly, Reverend, I wish we had a little bit more time for you. But is there any kind of spiritual understanding or message you have for the family here? We have Eric Garner's daughter Emerald with us yes, and his nephew with, Gabriel. I was with Emerald yesterday mm-hmm. at the National Action Network uh, with Reverend Al Sharpton. Let me just say that we all know uh, what the systemic problems are in the New York Police Department and in police departments around the country. I think what needs to happen is um, there needs to be a mobilization of of churches and grassroots organizations, uh, not just in the black community, but in all the minority uh, communities. We need to come together and we need to send a strong signal uh, to the mayor and to the police commissioner that uh, this slap on the hand uh, will not be tolerated. Uh, Mayor de Blasio uh, was elected uh, by uh, the majority of the members of the minority community. Because of the stop and frisk. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's the reason why he's in office today. And he needs to understand that just like we voted him in, we will vote him out. We have no lawyer to, to him because he has no loyalty to us. Uh, that soft statement that he made, the soft statement that the commissioner made, is unacceptable. Now, uh, we support Reverend Sharpton uh, and his efforts, uh, but we need to get behind, not just Reverend Sharpton, but we need to all come together as as a group, and we need to uh, march, we need to protest, we cannot uh, let um, uh, this go swept under the rug, we must come together and say no to this today. And in the words of Eric Garner, this, this stops today. today. And until we do that, until we come together, the, the religious community, the political community, uh, all neighborhoods around the city, until 
what what happened to Eric Garner is wrong and reprehensible, and it cannot be tolerated. And the bottom line is, what happened to him cannot be denied because it's on tape. Right. This is not exactly. And that's we a, the, saw it with our own eyes. When you go to court, you go to testify to what you have seen and what you have heard. And you, you can't see. deny that, Reverend Doctor Johnny Green. I, I I feel very bad cutting off our pastor here, but uh, we, <laughs> we are okay. we are out of time. Okay. And I, w- I would love to have you come in studio if you could manage that with your preaching schedule one Sunday morning with us and, and help us get through this I and get to a greater let understanding. Just, let me just say that I'm also the president of Impact. Uh, Mobilizing preachers and communities. That's correct. Absolutely. So we'd love to. We'd love to keep in touch with what the faith-based community is doing about this incident. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so so much. Thank Let you. me bring in Corey Pagase real quick. He is a uh, former NYPD uh, deputy inspector. Inspector, Corey, are you there? Yes. Am I yes, saying good morning? Good morning. Am I saying your last name correctly? Is it Pagase? Pegues. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of Jeff Pegues, the former the reporter who's now in Washington. We're just we're just about out of time. I know you have tremendous experience with this, and I would love to just get a quick word from you, and then if we can have you come in, you know, have you come in with us next next Sunday as we get more into the tactics, if that would be possible. Okay. No okay. problem. Do you have First, just like what one quick word here you can leave us with? Because I, I really quick, am I about. I want to send my condolences to the family, to the Garner family. Thank you. It's Thank definitely you. a travesty that should tragedy that should not have happened. Um, and we, we can speak about the tactics next week, but um, there were some serious flaws with the tactics of the police officers on the scene. And one of the problems with the uh, New York City Police Department is they don't want any checks and balances. Um, everything that the police department do isn't right. And in this case, the video clearly shows that there were some serious flaws. All right, Corey, we're, we're going to get into that next week. Um, I'm running out of time here, but I want to thank you so much for being with us. And we'll, I'm sure Tone Capone will be in touch with you, and we'll see if we can lock you in to have you come in studio with us. No problem. All right, th- thank you so much. Thank you for that. And, uh, Emerald, I'm going to give you the final word because we're just about time. What, what would you like people to do to give support to your family and also as you as you fight for justice for your dad? I just want everybody to continue to march peacefully. My father was no gang member. He was no, he he was just none of those things. He's just a very peaceful person. We're going to continue to march. We're going to get our T-shirts. We're going to make sure that people actually see the person that he was and not just hear it. So anybody that has pictures or anything that have anything that has to do with his, his memory or his, his, um, past his history friends family neighbors anything you could send them to emails there's a facebook page everybody in the community is outreaching just we just want justice that's what we want we want to make sure that these cops get penalized for their actions because it wasn't right it shouldn't happen again and i don't want it i don't want it to happen again i don't want i don't want nothing that he stood for to fall down because the cops are trying to do a cover-up so Uh just support come out show love and thank you to everybody that's reaching out and doing what they can to make sure everything is being publicized all right emerald snipes daughter of eric garner thank you so so much for being with us here we really appreciate it and uh, i want to thank all of our guests for being with us uh, gabriel baez um 
Eric Garner's nephew, Kenneth Montgomery, criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, represented the family of Kamani. Still represents him, actually. Still. That's, that case is still going, still going on, going right? On. I'm sorry. Represents the family of Kamani Gray. Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant, co-founder, 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. And also, uh, we're gonna be, I'm going to be talking about this on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight. There's updates. We believe that the police commissioner may be making his first comments um, on this uh, sometime today, so we're going to be checking into that, and I'll have the latest for you on Fox 5 News at 6 and 10, and of course, you know Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, and also the website, which uh, TJ keeps updating, and we're all updating here, um, LisaEvers.com. Uh, this episode of Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Metro Plus Health Plan. Log on to Hot97.com slash Metro Plus to register for your chance to win a trip to Florida. You can also find out about their events, so we want to thank Metro Plus for sponsoring the show, also for being a sponsor of Hot 97 Street Soldiers Brooklyn Push for Peace, Saturday, August 16th. For more information, follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers, Instagram Lisa Evers Live. I'm going to be posting that uh, flyer by at Michael Medium shortly. If you want to get involved in this, if you're a celebrity, if you are a community organization, hit up my executive producer, Tone Capone. That's Tone4Real at gmail.com. Tone, the number four, real at gmail.com. Congratulations to our Hot 97 program director, Jay Dixon, assistant program director, Carly Hustle, digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, our production uh, staff, Amber Ravenel, the one and only Rose D, my executive producer, Tone Capone. Check me out on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10. Remember, Use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Hi, Tom Bodad speaking to AARP members in a language they can understand. Acronyms. Well, at Motel 6, AARP members save 10p, get FWA.